Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. Sorry for the delay again because I was in Tainan last week. I will try my best to keep up with the show. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a re-released animation, a supposed blockbuster, and we're going to have some random chat. Without further ado, let's listen to the first new movie we're going to talk about today. Kaeyong, the movie. In this continuation of the Kaeyong anime, the girls from the band After School Tea Time go on a trip to London. The first new movie we're going to talk about today is an animation, and it's actually a re-released. The original movie was released in 2011. It was adapted from the popular Japanese anime, K-On! It's a story about high school life from female perspective. The author of the anime is Kaki Fly. As we heard in the introduction, this is their trip before graduation, and they're going to London. The movie version is going to show us how priceless their youth and friendship are. Something interesting is that since it's a graduation trip, there is someone who's only a junior who heard this news and wants to join their trip to London. So you can imagine during the movie, you will hear the girls say that um, they're going to be together no matter where they go and they want to spend time together. It's like a miracle. When they say these sentences, they are genuine. But after they say these words, obstacles just appear. So whether they're able to experience their dream afternoon tea and whether they'll be able to perform in the music Mecca, London, is what we need to find out when we go to the theater. The story of the original anime focuses on the club and it depicts how daily life on campus is like. All the related music works keep breaking records in Japan and attracts more people's attention. This animation reminds me of another animation which also talks about a music club in high school, but that one's about Zither. So I guess the style is totally different. And when one of my friends heard that K on the movie is going to be released again, he's really excited because he said he's a big fan of this animation and he recommends me to watch it. After that talk, I was so surprised about how much animation he watches. But I guess it's probably a very good one, and I always love animation related to music. So maybe if I have time, I would give it a try. But for now, we're about to move on to the second new movie we're going to talk about. It's probably going to be a blockbuster, and it's also the most looking forward to movie in the end of this year. Spider-Man No Way Home Peter Parker's secret identity is revealed to the entire world. Desperate for help, Peter turns to Doctor Strange to make the world forget that he is Spider-Man. The spell goes horribly wrong and shatters the multiverse, bringing in monstrous villains that could destroy the world. When you 
botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the people. Yes, of course. The second new movie we're going to talk about today is Spider-Man: No Way Home. If you're a person enjoy watching anti-villains or just the villains in all the MCU movies, you will love this one because a lot of the classic villains from previous Spider-Man series gathered here. There are the Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus, and Sandman from Spider-Man One, Two, Three, featuring Tobey Maguire. The Lizard and the Electro from Amazing Spider-Man One and Two, featuring Andrew Garfield. This is the reason why people are wondering whether all three Spider-Man from Different generation will come together to fight against all these villains. The best part is that it's not only the characters back; it's exactly the same actors. So for serious aficionados, it's not only nostalgic but also surprising. I'm not going to give out spoiler, not this week anyway. So if you want to know whether they feature all three Spider-Mans from different generation, you need to go watch yourself. Another interesting part about Spider-Man: No Way Home is that Doctor Strange supports him. We've seen Iron Man and Nick Fury in Spider-Man series, and this time it's Doctor Strange's turn. Unlike Iron Man and Nick Fury, they're more like teachers or mentors to Spider-Man, or you can even say like his father, because many people say that Iron Man treats Spider-Man as his own son. This time with Doctor Strange, it's more like peers. Just from the trailer, we can tell that Doctor Strange and Spider-Man make some mistake, but the mistake is too serious that it even threatens the friendship between them. While I'm recording this, I actually saw the movie already, and I have to say, it's my favorite Marvel movie so far. And it's even on my all-time list right now, even though it's the last. It's still something when you reach somebody's all-time list. So I really like it. I hope you like it too. Now it's about time for us to move on to top double seven. And I have to say, this week's chart is very interesting. But I'm going to let you listen for yourself. And before that, let's review what we had from last week. First, top three. Till we meet again, there were two top two last week: Eternals and Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Last but not least, top one: Encanto. Let's listen to what we have for top seven to top four. Top five: House of Gucci. I've been a Gucci all my life. Your name is in the history books. Five. Top four: American Girl. 不需要，反正暑假就回 LA 了。我答应 Jessie 要一起去 Horse Camp。Ghostbusters Afterlife。Killer replica。A replica of what? A ghost trap? Okay, I don't really think you remember, but this week's chart is exactly the same as last week. So I can be honest. I didn't even edit the chart again because it's exactly the same. So that's the reason why I said we're going to have some random talk because I don't really know what to talk about. So in this section, from top seven to top four, we have House of Gucci, 
It's going to be released in January in Taiwan, so we won't talk about it until then. And Ghostbusters Afterlife also is going to be released on December thirty first. So it's for the countdown, New Year holiday. So not here again. So of course we're going to talk about American Girl. We've talked about it a couple of times, and I have to admit that I don't quite like it. I think it's a pretty good movie, but I personally don't like it because I think if you are from a family who can bring you to the U.S. And even though your mom's sick and you need to come back to Taiwan, you have nothing. You have no rights to complain about. I mean, okay, if you are super rich, while you come back for the healthcare, you can just stay in the U.S. and get medical help. But if you're just from a family that、uh, your family strive so hard to send you to the U.S. Then you should cherish that you at least had that five years in the U.S. So stop whining. But I do think that the director did a pretty good job presenting different emotions from different family members, especially the father. I think that's really delicate. Okay, and、uh, it's time for top three to top one. I already told you that it's exactly the same, but we can still listen to it. Top three. Till we meet again. Why? 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 Why am I the only one that didn't get a gift? You're just as special as anyone else in this family. Okay, in the last part of this week's episode, I want to talk about Eternals and my favorite character in the movie. My favorite character is not Cersei; it's actually Icarus. Well, you can accuse me for loving handsome guys, which is true, but. <laughs> But I don't really think Charlie Cox is handsome. His character Daredevil still my second favorite character. So I don't think that's the point. My favorite Marvel character is Captain America, and second favorite is Daredevil. I'm not saying that Icarus is the third or something, but I guess I just like characters who follow the rules and have their own principles and just follow suits. I think for Icarus, he just follows the order he receives from anyone. I mean, their leader or someone who's above. And I'm not saying that critical thinking is bad, but imagine he's the only one who knows the truth from the very beginning. But while you're about to achieve the mission, your boss tells you that, "Oh, let's give up everything." How the Icarus world be like? He's like, oh my god, my world is going to collapse. Everything I've worked for so long is nothing. Of course, he can't accept that. And in the end, it's even harder for him to accept that the woman he loves has a totally different point of view as he does. 
But what I don't like about Eternals is that, in the end, because his name is Icarus, he needs to fly to the sun. Uh-uh, that's awful. I really don't like it, and I don't like how、uh, characters are not so important in the movie. I know Eternals is a story about how nature, God, and human is the relationship between these three. But I don't like the feeling that I can't understand why certain character does something in the end. But I understand Icarus, so that's the reason why I can empathize him. So I really don't know. I mean, I think Eternals is a really good movie, but I don't like it. And I really hate that my favorite character is dead, and I. There's no chance for me to see him again in the sequel or something. So if you also like Icarus, you can share your thoughts with me. And that's all the time we have for today. It's just random talk. I hope you like the show today. Remember to tune in same time next week. I hope I won't delay again. But anyway, I'm Viola. See you next week.